I will say five people in that room, we have three kids is better than a hotel room with like two queens in a day bed because none of the kids have to touch each other. everybody. Before we dive into this episode, I just wanted to give a quick explanation of what you're about to hear. This is the second episode in our DCL 101 video series that you can find over on YouTube at the DCL Duo channel. The series is being kind of co-produced with the DCL podcast who have been really great partners to us. And so the series is meant to encompass some 101 level topics for first time or more novice level Disney Cruise Line cruisers. We will slowly progress through from 101 to a 201, 301 and 401 level set of topics for more advanced cruisers. So these 101 level topics are meant to be introductory just to kind of give you the heads up. But I also want to give you the heads up that this is the audio only version of the 101 series. We're going to continue to post the audio out of the series onto our podcast channel. But if you want the full experience, head over to YouTube, subscribe to our channel, give the video a view. There's lots of additional visual content that we're producing into the videos. So you can see some examples of what we're talking about. This particular episode deals with rooms. So you'll see room photos and that sort of thing. So if you really want to get the full experience, head over to YouTube. So anyway, with that, on to the episode. Welcome back, everybody, to the next edition of our DCL 101 series. And tonight we're going to be talking about how to pick your stateroom on a Disney cruise. And I'm really excited to welcome some special guests. And I want to bring in Michelle and Doug from Rope Drop Radio. Michelle, Doug, welcome. Hi, Brian. Thanks for having us. We're going to talk to folks a little bit about picking a stateroom on a Disney cruise. And I thought we would start right at the top of kind of what are the big categories of options for staterooms on board? And Michelle, you're kind of one of our experts here. So why don't I hand it over to you? Yeah, for Disney cruises, it would be an inside room, an ocean view room, ocean view with veranda. And then there's the concierge level as well. How do you think about picking within those categories? What are the kind of factors that you would think about? I mean, price is a big one, right? I mean, if you want to view outside and some daylight, you're going to have to pay more for it, right? So, but what are some of the other factors aside from price that folks ought to think about? And maybe, maybe one of them is perhaps size of their party. And maybe you can talk a little bit about some things that Disney does to accommodate families in the different kinds of staterooms. Yeah, absolutely. There's lots of rooms on Disney cruises that sleep three and four, and there's actually quite a few that sleep five as well. So, but if you do have a five party of five, you're not going to be able to have an inside room. So that's one thing definitely to look at. Other things that might play into your choice of a stateroom would be what deck you want to be on. Some of the inside rooms do not, they're not on every single deck. Some of the ocean view rooms are not on every single deck. If you have motion sickness, like Doug... (laughs) (laughs) That might also play into your choosing of a stateroom as well. It just kind of depends on what location you'd want to be on the ship as well. There's a lot. There's a lot of factors. Yeah. And so for accommodating larger parties, I know Disney breaks some of their staterooms up into sort of, you know, ocean view, family deluxe ocean view. Right. And so is that kind of the is that where you hit the the sort of you can have four versus five people or what's the indicator for folks going to be about about number of people in the stateroom? Right. Yeah. So ocean view, um, you can sleep five in some of those. That would be a deluxe family ocean view on the 
dream and the fantasy, those have a, a really large porthole that you can sit in. It's one of my favorite categories with my family. And then on the, the wonder and the magic, they don't have the large porthole and they actually don't have one that you can sleep five in those ocean view rooms. So you would have to be on the dream and the fantasy to get an ocean view if you have a family of five, like my family. And, and if you're a family of five in one room, what's the sleeping arrangement going to look like? You know, I think each room has one large queen-ish size bed, but unlike other cruise lines, they don't split that bed into twins. So how are you fitting five people into a stateroom? Right, exactly. So there's the queen bed, then there's the day bed, which is the couch. It just folds into a bed. And then there's the pull-down bunk from up above. And then the fifth person would sleep on a pull-down bed from the wall. So just it's over by the veranda. Or the window. Right in front of it. Yep. I will say five people in that room, we have three kids, is better than a hotel room with like two queens in a day bed because none of the kids have to touch each other. Yeah, our family loves that that stateroom type for sure. Well, all you have to do is uh, mediate the fights between kids over who gets to sleep in the bunk, right? That seems to be the perennial fight. Yeah, until they get older and then they kind of don't even want yeah, it. Yeah, they so find about just who gets doesn't it. have so, to go up there. It's yeah. a lot of rock, paper, scissors, I think. Yeah. There's cheating involved, I'm sure. And we rotate the bed sometimes. When they were younger, we'd rotate them every night and we'd tell them that the house clean, the, the, the mousekeeping would, would uh, yeah. they would rotate it for us. We'd tell them, move this yeah. stuffed animal to the top that indicated who got to sleep there. Yeah. <laughs> well, tip tip for any kids out there watching, if you're on an uneven night, number of nights cruise, you want to be the first person to sleep in the bunk. <laughs> back and forth, you get the extra night. So we talked about, what about adjoining rooms, Michelle? If you're a family of five, would it ever make sense to get two rooms as opposed to one room that sleeps sleeps five. Yeah, so we've done lots of math on this. It's going to depend on the number of nights of the cruise, but also on the smaller ships, we found that two inside rooms can be less expensive than one ocean view room with the veranda. Um, There's just less of them, so the price escalates faster. Yeah, right. but on the on the dream and the fantasy, it's not going to be, at least for a family of five, it's not going to be more beneficial to book two rooms. But you get the more space and the more two bathrooms. bathrooms. <laughs> And money wise door between you and the room full of your children. Well, and that's 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 something else to watch out for, I think, is so Disney's famous for having split baths. There are some mm-hmm. rooms on the ship that don't have split baths. I don't know if that's an entire category, Michelle, like inside staterooms don't. Yeah. So really, it's just the, the inside rooms that just say standard. That's going to be your non bath. So if it says deluxe on it, you're good to go. So let's talk about position on the ship. You mentioned that briefly in the beginning, Michelle. Advantages, disadvantages of being on lower decks versus higher decks. Like, you know, I imagine one disadvantage of being on a lower deck is you got a lot of stairs or you got to take the elevator to get to most places on the ship. But how do you talk your own clients through where they want to be on the ship. Yeah. When when money isn't an option at all, I definitely suggest deck seven or eight. I always say that because you're you're close to the the meals on deck three, four, two, three, four, but you're also close to the pool deck also, which is you know going to be above you. So you don't have a lot of steps to go one way or the other. But I, I like the I like the six, seven, eight is kind of where where the sweet spot is for me. See, in like six, if you're going to have kids going to the kids club a lot, it's nice to be just a deck or two away from the kids club. They can get there fast. You do bring up a good point, Doug, which is uh, what I'm going to call some hazards on the ship that you might want to try to avoid depending on what you're sailing or why you're sailing. So kids clubs are one of them, I think. If you're not sailing as a family with kids who are using the kids clubs, I think there are probably some rooms you might want to avoid because there's a lot of kids club traffic. I don't know if you have any thoughts around that, uh, Doug, Michelle. Yeah, well, on deck five of the Dream and the Fantasy, 
it's it can get really claustrophobic even right in that hallway that, with all yeah. the kids because they're going in and out of the kids club so and parents coming in and out yeah them up too yeah, so that that hall is hallway is hard to get through sometimes. So I would definitely kind of stay away from there if you don't have kids. Um, We've been right over the top of them. Before, we have, and, and it's we didn't not notice too any loud noise or anything from the main room of it. They have pretty yeah. good pretty good insulation, really, for the kids club. So that's not so bad. But definitely under the pool deck, I don't yeah. I don't recommend that. So they wake you up by moving chairs. We have done that before. At Six a.m. Was it? Ber- I think it was our Bermuda sailing. We were under the the pool deck. Uh, yeah, it was very loud. Yeah, we knew exactly when they were up and working. And have you stayed on the lower decks? Did you find it hard to get to things? Because elevators are kind of hard to get sometimes, right? And so you're it's yeah. a lot of stairs. Although it's not for us, it's probably not the worst thing to be walking some stairs <laughs> on the cruise. Right. The amount of food we're eating, but but was it was it kind of a pain to get around the ship, or did you find that was just manageable? Yeah, we stayed on deck two for our Europe trip. We had two connecting inside staterooms for our Europe trip last summer, and I actually kind of liked it. Yeah. yeah, I kind of expected not to like it as much as I did, but we did take the stairs a lot because if you're looking at the smaller cruise ships, there isn't, the elevators are tiny. Tiny is So a, tiny. Yeah, and you um, feel guilty as an able-bodied person getting in an elevator on the Magic and Wonder. I'm yeah. just going to throw that out. But there. but also to note, there's not as many decks either. So, you know, getting to the pool deck isn't, you know, going up to deck 11 or 12. So what about the port noise when you're docking? Is it louder down there than it is on the other decks? We didn't notice. Not when we were on deck two. No. Um, port noise is probably worse with the anchor, right? Yeah, the forward part of the ship, that's where we've noticed it with the anchor. And that's um, only when you anchor. And I know you like the forward part of the ship, Brian. Do you guys notice it up there? We don't notice the anchor so much. We do notice a lot of vibration from the thrusters. You definitely get more motion. So, I mean, that's a good thing to talk through is we've talked about height on the ship. I think we like to be up high. If money's not an option, you can get up on a higher deck. We prefer to be a higher deck because you can walk down to activities or up to activities, but you're never really far away from anything. We like to be on the front of the ship because we sailed kind of quite a bit. Just my wife and I as opposed to bringing our son. And when we sail just us, we can get to the adult activities Mm -hmm. a lot faster. And we like the ocean view room. So you've got to be on the front or the back. And uh, as I think about front, middle, back, I think about front and back have a lot of motion. Middle tends to be minimal or less motion on the ship. Back, you get a lot of that propeller vibration, I feel like. So I, I don't know, does that sort of align to what you guys think through when you think about front, middle, back of the ship? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. We are aft people. That's where mm-hmm. we like to stay. I like the vibration. I don't know what it is about it. it kind of, you don't. But you just sleep. Yeah, I, I guess. Know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the whole cruise ship will rock you to sleep. It rocks ship. you to sleep. Yeah, but... We like the aft because it's closer to the food and that's just more of the place that you would say we're on the ship. Yeah, like we do a lot of the family activities. I don't know. Our kids can, we're never worried about how far our kids are from anything. They're young. They can get there. Doug has extreme motion sickness. Extreme. He wears a patch, so he doesn't doesn't feel it. He doesn't actually notice the difference between forward, aft, and and, uh, midship anymore. I'm drugged up. Now, when the ship pitches... Left to right. If you think about pitch, the higher you are, you're going to be moving left to right or port to starboard more. Right. So if we're really breaking down moisture, pitch is worse. I notice that rather than the uh, forward back, the forward aft rocking. To be perfectly honest, I think seasickness will get worse depending more around where you're sailing and less around sort of where your room is. If that Uh makes sense. I mean, like, yeah. yeah. A transatlantic crossing, you're not going to get past, you know, some big waves and a lot of motion on the ship. The Caribbean, 
you know, tends to be kind of flat water. It's not a lot of motion unless there's a storm around. I think if you're getting, if you're a seasick prone, I think it's more about where you're sailing. We sailed the Pacific one time from San Diego to Hawaii, and that was brutal. I mean, the ship was moving right out in the open water. So, but, yeah, I yeah. think I think the actual you're sailing is what has the biggest impact. Our sailing to Bermuda, like the water sloshed out of the pool. Like the pool was not open. And that's pretty common. We've heard about Bermuda. About Bermuda. So. And so like, that's also why we wondered why they work so hard moving those chairs around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, the only direction we haven't talked about is starboard versus port. And there is a little secret tip for everyone as they're picking Ooh. their stateroom. If they're headed to Castaway Key, which side of the ship should they be on, Michelle? They should be on the starboard 100% of the time. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Now, and why is that? <laughs> um, so you get a surprise view when you're in Castaway. You can look out at your, your window or your balcony and, and see the island. So it's beautiful. I think one other question folks are going to have is, do I need a veranda? Do I need, do I need a window, right? Uh, for us, we like the ocean view rooms in particular because we had a friend one time who told us you were coming down for a Caribbean cruise in the middle of July. And he's like, you people are going to melt. And then when we told him we had a veranda room, he said, you're never going to be out there. I think whether you want a veranda or not depends on cost and sailing. But I, I don't know, Michelle, what, what sort of considerations do you give your clients as they're thinking through, do I need the veranda or do I not need the veranda? Yeah. So it depends on, like you were saying, the Caribbean cruise. If you're going on Alaska, I would definitely recommend yeah. a veranda. If you don't have one, it's not a deal breaker, but it's definitely just more convenient and more relaxing to be able to watch the whales. You know, you can go to deck four and sit on the, there and watch. But it's just, you, have to leave, you can't sit in your pajamas. Well, you could. You could, but... Okay. I mean, it yeah. doesn't stop some people. Disney, especially if they're Disney pajamas, you're good. So, right? That's right. That's right. Well, right. Being correctly. Like, but you can have your breakfast or your coffee out on the you know veranda and never leave your room. Panama Canal might be good too, just because it's longer. So mm -hmm. maybe staying in that one room without any airflow may, may also be a, a thing. We, for Europe, definitely we didn't need one because it's port intensive. So you're hardly ever on the ship. So ports in Europe are not usually Rome and Florence where you do port there. It's industrial. You're just looking at cranes and cargo. Yeah. Now going back to like some of my clients, some with small kids prefer not to have a veranda. They're afraid their kid's going to jump overboard or crawl and, and fall overboard. I, I always, you know, assure them that the rail is higher than they think. And the door is actually very heavy to get out. So if you have a very young kid. Our um, kids have trouble opening. Yeah, even our kids have trouble middle. opening sometimes. So it's, it it's hard. It has a safety lock too. Has lock it up does, here. Yeah. Another so lock you have to, have to turn a whole bunch. Yeah. I'm frankly, so, more, I'm, I'm frankly more concerned about my son running out of the bunk bed than I would be <laughs> over the rail. Exactly. <laughs> Very true. Yes, exactly. True. For folks who really, this, so, you know, we'll have some graphics up here to show you kind of some of the different rooms uh, where we can, but the ocean view room that Michelle's talking about has just a gigantic porthole with like a, it's a narrow seat. Like it, it's narrow, let's be clear, but it's got a narrow kind of seat that you can kind of lay in the porthole and watch the waves go by. But those are only on, I think, right, Michelle, the higher deck ocean view rooms. They're not down like the ocean view rooms right. are down the lower deck. Deck two and three have two small portholes. Right. So it'd be six, seven, eight, nine would be where those are at. And only on the dream and the fantasy. Let's talk about one last category of room that people may see when they're booking. And it's I think it's a not intuitive category. And I think it means different things at different times, which is guaranteed. So you'll see when you're potentially trying to choose your stateroom at booking a category with GTY on it, I believe. Michelle, you want to talk people through what that means? I think it changes depending on if you're at paid in full versus not, but I could be wrong there. Yeah. So um, you have, there's two different types is what I would say. The first GTY is just that you pick a category and then there's no more rooms to be assigned that you can pick for that category and you'll be assigned that stateroom closer to your cruise. That is not a, like you have to pay in full. It's, it is a refundable affair. So that's just a 
a regular GTY, it could be in any any category, it could be an inside, it could be ocean view, it could be veranda. Then on the flip side, there's another category that gets kind of added as you are closer to final payment. These are the ones that it's just a veranda guarantee, just an ocean view guarantee, just an inside guarantee. Those are going to be pay in full, non-refundable because generally it's lower priced than what people had paid earlier uh, when they booked the cruise, but they are non-refundable. You don't get to pick your room, but you are guaranteed any veranda. So, I mean, you could, you could luck out, you know, and get the best veranda that Disney offers, but once again, you don't get to pick the room. Or so. you get the one right by the nightclub. Or that's under the, the one that's or left under the pool open. deck. <laughs> or so, under the pool yeah. deck, right yeah. under the ice cream. Yeah. 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 Let me go back to the first category you described for a second, Michelle, which is what is the guarantee aspect there? Just that you will have a room in that category on the sailing? Or Correct. Different? Okay. Correct. Yeah. You could get higher, you know, if they decide to, to bump you up, but you're guaranteed at least that level. Right. So and does that carry through to the second category of guarantee as well? Again, it's you're guaranteed a room on the ship at that level or better. Yes, correct. But it's just the more broad category. So there's not really a category. It's just the, you know, gotcha. inside, all inside. Gotcha. Right. Right. Cause that's one aspect we haven't talked about. Cause it's fairly, I think it's fairly advanced and I, I don't even understand it sailing on these ships. You probably understand it pretty well. When we talk about categories of stateroom and we break them up into inside ocean view, veranda, Disney then subdivides it down into, I don't know how many different categories you talk in languages of 8A, 8B, you know, and the cost varies by those subcategories. And you're talking about the style of veranda that you have. So probably a topic for a more advanced episode. Episode, but just to highlight, I think Michelle, right, that they break these down into a lot of different subcategories. Yeah. When you see like a price online and you see inside and like you go to your travel agent and you're like, I want an inside room. Oh, but that wasn't the same cost that you got. Well, you're probably looking at a way different category than we were. So some are better than others. So that's another reason why I would suggest using a travel agent is because some of them, some of the rooms have um, white wall veranda. So like if you're sitting, you know, in your room, you aren't able to see the ocean. You would have to go out onto your deck, look over the veranda to see it. So, and they don't really, they, they do, you know, mention it in the description, but it's kind of hidden to get you to try to book it because it's a lower cost. So um, I, think, I think they call them navigator verandas in the mm-hmm. description is like the, the you yeah. got to navigate your way to see yeah. the ocean. That's, that's a whole separate category, oh. the navigator veranda. Whole different but one. then like oh. on the, on the magic and the wonder, they have like two or three whole categories with just white wall veranda. And they don't really tell you. It's just a little bit in the description. So when we dive deeper into this later at uh, another episode, we'll talk about all kinds of especially shape rooms, rooms that have bigger verandas than others. Like there are people who know exactly down to the letter, <laughs> number letter designation, what category room they're looking for and where it is on the ship. And they always go after it. So uh, we'll yep. get into that. That's a 201 at least topic <laughs> to get into. But yeah. yeah. So Michelle, anything else at the sort of 101 beginner level as people are looking at state rooms that we haven't touched on? Not all of the rooms have the pull down bunk. Yeah. When we were talking through this, it's important to know that even though it says it may sleep three or four, if you have a four, a family of four, you would get a pull down bunk then. I have a lot of people ask me, well, oh my gosh, this room category says it sleeps three to four. Like, how are you going to... Well, the thing is, you're actually assigned to a room when you book based on your, you know, your family type and with the travel agent or even on your own, you can pick your own room. So it's not going to let you pick a room that only has you know, space for three people. However, when we did two adjoining rooms, 
we want to put our three kids in one room to where they don't have to touch each other. So it's only three. So that would allow us to book that room that doesn't have the pull down. And that means two of them would have to share a queen size bed, which would be close to the end of days. Even on Disney's deck plan, they don't tell you what rooms have the pull down. So if you have it's a family of, of three and you have two kids and one adult, the adult wants the queen bed, you know, and the two kids want the regular bed and the, the pull down bed. It's going to take probably a phone call to Disney or a lot of research or call your travel agent. Well, and I think there are some folks out there. I think, I think Scott Sanders has a section on his blog with room reviews. I think uh, over at Disney Cruise Line blog, I think Joe over mm-hmm. back to the mouth has yep. a lot of room reviews and photos and such and such. So, you know, there are ways to kind of ferret out what your room is potentially going to look like. But to Michelle, to your point, you may not fully know without involving mm-hmm. a travel agent or doing a lot of research. Well, I think we'll wrap it up here with the 101 level on staterooms. And Michelle, Doug, I really appreciate you coming on. Michelle, how can folks find you? You are a travel agent. So how can folks find you if they want to book their Disney cruise? Yeah. So I'm a travel agent with MEI Travel and Mouse Fan Travel. You can find me on Facebook. I'm facebook.com backslash rope drop queen. And then on Twitter, I am Diz underscore Michelle. Um, and so those are the things I post to social media and you can find my my email on there. And Doug, I would be remiss without giving you an opportunity to plug a, fab- a fabulous podcast. Well, oh, I recommend with well, Rope Drop Radio. You. Big supporter, big fan. So Doug, how can, they, how can folks connect with Rope Drop and Radio? You were on an episode. I should remember <laughs> the number, but it's a fat. Go find it with Brian Flock. Find that episode. But we're on iTunes, all the podcast things, but we're also on social media at Rope Drop Radio on everything. And then our website is www.ropedroppers.com. And some fabulous t-shirts. I highly recommend them. Oh, yeah. yes. Well, thank you. <laughs> well, thanks guys for coming on and talking to staterooms with us and uh, really appreciate it. It was fun. Yeah, thanks for having us. Well, I really want to thank Doug and Michelle for coming on and talking staterooms with us for this DCL 101 series episode. Great to have them on. Really love Rope Drop Radio. And full disclosure, Michelle is our own family's travel agent. We love using her. She's really knowledgeable and great. So if you're planning a Disney trip, I highly recommend reaching out to Michelle for some help. She's wonderful. With that, I did want to remind folks, if you want to get the full effect of these DCL 101 series episodes, head over to YouTube, like and subscribe to the DCL Duo channel, and you'll get notice as new episodes come out. We've got a ton of these recorded, a ton more planned. So this is going to be a great resource, we think, for folks cruising going forward. We're going to be updating them as the ships come back to sailing. We'll do special versions of them. So uh, head over, like and subscribe to that channel. Tell your friends about it if they're sailing on Disney Cruise Line for the first time. It's a, we, we hope it becomes a great resource for folks to really understand how to you know do everything on board Disney Cruise Line and get the most out of their Disney Cruise vacation. With that, as usual, I just want to thank everyone for listening to the bonus episode. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast you can keep getting great content from the DCL duo each week. Please also do head over to Apple Podcasts. Leave us those five-star reviews. They're really helpful in helping us surface the show to folks who might be interested in our content. So leave those reviews. The written reviews are really helpful and motivating as well. If you'd like to send us a question or be a guest on the show, please email us at dclduo at gmail.com or reach out to us on social media at dclduo. The DCL duo podcast and blog are not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Walt Disney Company, or the Walt Disney family of theme parks. The views expressed on the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of the Walt Disney Company or Disney Cruise Line. If you have questions about a Disney cruise or a Walt Disney vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with the DCL duo. Good night. Good night.